1: Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
0: Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the waitlist if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Have you ever thought to yourself, why is there no game plan, rule book, or roadmap for raising, empowering kids? What's up, Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well. Very excited for today's episode with my friend, Kurt Jordan, who is the founder of Kong Academy, uh, which empowers children through movement and play. This is honestly such an amazing episode. Um, As you may or may not know, I do not have children. I do not know that I will ever have children at some point. One of my huge goals is to adopt and foster children, but we are not there yet. And I was thinking to myself when I came across Kurt, what are the tools that I would need to be successful in my life, having been a child of trauma, who has now gone through this healing journey, who wants to raise children that are not impacted by generational trauma. And to be honest with you, he could not lay out a better framework and game plan for how to do that. This is an unbelievable episode. If you have children or you don't have children and you're thinking about it or if you just want to be able to interact with kids better and give them more empowerment and freedom and love and but also still retain your control and your authority and what it means to be a parent and someone like ushering in this new youth into adulthood, you you want to listen to this episode. And in fact, you want to get a pen and a paper and sit down and take notes and then probably listen again you know, when when I was growing up, I was a nightmare child. And I think to myself, A, in part and parcel, that's because of the foundation that I grew up in being an abusive home. And the other side of it is my parents just did not have any tools, none, for how to be able to effectively manage raising kids. And I think that, unfortunately, holds true for thousands and thousands, millions of parents around the world. And you know one of the things that is such an honor with having this podcast and this show is that I get to continually learn. And I was sitting here just in awe, taking in all this information and knowledge from Kurt, thinking to myself, Man, if I can put this out in the world and make this the best episode we've ever made and we can impact the lives of millions of people, this moves us one step closer to the goal of Think Unbroken, which is to end generational trauma in my lifetime through education and information. And so I, I really, really encourage you to show up, to, to play full out and listen to this episode The last thing before we jump into the show is please check out the Discord. We've created a private community online for the Unbroken Nation to come together to not only chat about the podcast, but to also chat about trauma and healing and education and growth and personal development and and relationships and love and happiness and careers and all the things that encompass us as human beings. So if you go to thinkunbroken.com slash Discord, that's thinkunbroken.com slash Discord, you'll be able to join the free community for the Unbroken Nation. We absolutely want you there. I'm doing free coaching over there. We're we're interacting with each other. It's a great, great setup, and we want you there. So, without further ado, my friends, let's get into the show. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Welcome to the Think Unbroken podcast. I'm your host, Michael Unbroken, and this podcast is about helping trauma survivors let go of the past, overcome their fear, discover their identity, become the hero of their own story, and ultimately to be. Dot thinkunbroken.com. That's book.thinkunbroken.com, where you can get a copy of my number one bestselling book, Think Unbroken Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma. The most important thing that you can ever do, my friends, is show up for yourself. And that's where you are today. And I appreciate you. I have massive gratitude for you. And without further ado, let's get into the show. We'll be right back to the show. But before we do, I want to take a moment and tell you about my new book unbroken man a man's guide to being the hero of their own story i sat down a few months ago and realized that there are so many men in the world that need guidance that need support that need to learn about trauma removing themselves from toxic masculinity, breaking down the barriers to vulnerability, getting unstuck, and ultimately learning the tools to become the hero of their own story. Unbroken Man is available for pre-order right now if you go to men.thinkunbroken.com, where you'll also get access to over $1,000 in bonuses, including the six-week in-depth trauma healing coaching app, which you'll get instant access to. I created Unbroken Man to be accessible to everyone around the world, but it is written for men from the guise of a man. And I hope that you will find it to be a practical tool on your healing journey in the same way that thousands of men around the world have. So check out men.thinkunbroken.com to pre order. And until next time, be unbroken. hey what's up unbroken nation hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world today i'm very excited to be back with you with another episode with my guest Kurt Jordan, who is the founder of Kong Academy, an organization that empowers kids physically and emotionally through play and movement. Kurt, my friend, welcome to the show. I'm very excited to have you here, and have been looking forward to this conversation. How are you today?
1: I'm great. Thank you for for inviting me uh, here and making some time and space for to have a conversation. So, yeah, thank you. I'm doing great.
0: Thanks. It's totally my pleasure. For those who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about your backstory and how you got to where you are today?
1: Yeah. So uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Kurt Jordan. Uh, I'm the founder of Kong Academy. Um, And But I had not started there, obviously. Uh, So um, I grew up in Michigan. I live now in Seattle, Washington. And when I was 15, I uh, ran to Mexico, and I lived down there uh, on my own at children's orphanage for a year. Um, I uh, did all these different studies, tried to find my right career path, tried to find the thing that I was supposed to be doing, even though the thing that came natural to me, the thing that was uh, a virtue, I guess you could call it, was something that I had tried to put over to the side and on the shelf because yeah but what's my real job gonna be and I don't know if anybody can relate to this like they have a passion or a love and then it's like yeah but what are you really gonna do uh and um turns out that that's the thing I should have been doing all along uh so I tried to go to school for a multiple of things uh was expelled from college twice. Um, eventually, uh, even, and it sounds like I was completely destitute and on my own or whatever, but like, you know, I got to, uh, be, uh, become a, a paramedic. I got to work as a, um, physical therapy assistant. I've, you know, I've done, I've done trades and things, but nothing, uh, nothing ever fit or aligned. I just wanted to help serve people. I wanted to be, um, I, I always was interested in health and I was always interested in people relationships. Were always more important to me. People were always more important to me than things, and um, and so it came to a point where um, I had uh, three thousand dollars to my name. I used that money to buy like a set of you know some tumbling blocks and a, a busted up van, and then I started this uh, company called Kong Academy and you know, without a lifeline or without something, you know, to fall back on. This was it. This was this was all of my dollars. This was I was going to put my passion into it. And it turns out that that actually was a good decision. Because uh, then I was able to actually make the change that I uh, believed I could make and should make. And it really has made all the difference in the world. So now here I am, uh, getting to talk to you and to your listeners and uh, and, uh, yeah, looking forward to sharing. That's
0: powerful. You know, I often think about how important it is to go all in on yourself, to trust yourself, to go and build that thing. And you know, that this audience will resonate. And I know I certainly do about all the times where we're like, what am I doing? How did I get here? I'm like, life is not what I wanted. And then trying to effectively make that come to pass. And so first and foremost, congratulations for that, because I know how incredibly difficult, but also simultaneously rewarding that can be break down and dive in a little bit deeper into Kong Academy and what you guys do.
1: Yeah. So Kong Academy is, you know, a a play-based organization and it teaches play and, or teaches through play and movement. But what we really do is we teach social emotional skills um, because that is primarily where mammals learn most of their social skills. Like it doesn't matter if you are a human or a you know a puppy or you know uh, a a monkey. It's like all mammals learn this neural network through play, uh, and from that experience, we're actually able to create something that resonates with kids. Because if you're truly going to try to teach something. That is going to be lasting, internalized, and actually make a change, it has to be relevant, right? It's not like if if you put down a kid and say, okay, I want you to imagine you are frustrated. And then that's like, already they're kind of probably giggling a little bit, right? It's like, you know, how how internalizing is that going to be? But if you give them a challenge and a task and it's through a play-based channel, and they're having to in real time work with another kid and they're getting frustrated that they're not getting the results they want, well, now we have a true opportunity to teach something, right? So using play and, you know, we use parkour, we use, you know, some rough and tumble programming, we use different things that kids are essentially not getting the opportunity anymore to to be able to take risks, to be able to, you know, develop that responsible decision-making skill set. You know, we teach kids through the lens they want to be taught in something that is now relevant and meaningful to their lives, which then has a cascade effect for the next time that they are frustrated, they have had actual reps in practicing, what do I do? And how do I do it? Right? As opposed to like, okay, kids, now here's a worksheet. And I want you to write a poem about being sad. It's like, that could be cool. But is it how how, what's the what's the learning objective? And how well is it being met? And so it turns out, if you give kids the space to actually do some of this stuff, then they're actually going to be able to get more practice, right? so so we we provide that space for kids and uh, that education that uh, for social emotional development.
0: that makes a lot of sense. And as I sit here, I think to myself, you know, as a kid, when when I was growing up, we were always outside, we always had recess. I mean, I distinctly remember falling off the monkey bars multiple times, right? And it, it builds up this resiliency, this willingness to face fear. It's very communal, and you know, you now you see and you understand what's happening in schools, especially in America these days, and that's almost all but gone. And, and that feels slightly terrifying to me. I'm, I'm sure you can probably resonate with that. So for for parents who are listening and they're they're hearing this idea about empowerment, and, and we're going to go into depth in this conversation about impacting kids' lives for the better. But I think empowerment is like such a beautiful place to start. I, I would have to say that most people, and as someone who is not a parent, I can only make assumptions. So I want to be clear about that. Um, but I would have to assume that most parents do not know where to begin to help their kids to, to grow up in empowerment. What does that look like? How do you give your children, whether you're a teacher or a parent or a community supporter, like how can you give children empowerment, especially in the world that we live in right now?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a really great question. So if you want your kids to grow up empowered, then you need to give them uh, the power. You need to give them some power. You need to give them freedom and ch- and flexibility. And ultimately, that leads into responsibility because if you do if all freedom is essentially responsibility, if you want the freedom to be able to, you know uh, get your work done when you choose, that's great, but then now you're responsible to get it done, regardless of you know someone else's timetable. Like you're the one who has to get it done. And so for kids, one of the main things that is tricky is um, we want to take away a lot of their choices to keep them protected because we are, you know, under this practice of I will do things for you until you're able to figure it out how to do it completely on your own. And then uh, you're on your own, which is which is great. We want to be able to give them the amount of um, uh, let me let me put it this way. Uh, there are two sides of the scale and there is preparation and there's protection and literally everything that you prepare your kid for, you do not protect them from and everything that you protect them from, you're not preparing them for. And all preparation is independence and choices and responsibility. So if you want your kids to become empowered, become responsible and become um, these, people that have that ability to do this themselves and independence then they need to be able to make choices they need to be able to take chances they need to be able to uh, decide you know maybe climbing up to that tree branch is something i might be able to do obviously there is a negotiation element between comfort levels of parent and child but if you want your kid to be resilient then they need to fall down if you want your kid to be brave they need to be scared If you want your kid to be empowered they need the ability to make choices and then they also need the ability to deal with the consequences of those choices which means that parents need to hold them accountable which is not something parents like to do off the time because it's usually you know it's either more work or it's more stressful and i'd rather just move on right there's there's a lot of elements to it but um but essentially if you keep in mind the two scales protection and preparation And everything and the whole goal of, you know, of of being a parent is to slowly move the weights from one side of protection into preparation. You're not going to leave a baby out into the woods. It'll, you know, it's not going to work. It's just, you know, that's, that's, that's leaving them, that's giving them way too much uh, before they can handle it. So the, the balance is finding the threshold and, and the, that line is as much as they can tolerate, right? Or as much as you're willing to tolerate. But the, yeah, so hopefully that that is, a, in a nutshell, kind of the makes sense for, for, for how do you get a kid to be comp- empowered.
0: Uh, I want to go into a little bit deeper because I, I hear what you're saying and I think a lot of people are resonating with this and they want to be able to create that environment. But how do you determine what that threshold is? My, my instinct tells me that people hearing this will say, well, I'm scared to give my child that much space but they hear you and say, well, that might be necessary. So how do you kind of create and understand what that threshold may be that's beneficial?
1: Yeah. So there's, there's a couple of different things. One is, you know, you have age milestones, right. Um, But the, the main thing is, is you want to give them as much as they can tolerate or as much as they can perceive to tolerate. So, you know, if we are setting up our kids, uh, we're, we're not setting up our kids for success. If we give, You know, a three-year-old like, "Hey, you're you're responsible for making dinner." That's too much. And 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 I think the other the other aspect too is that there is there is a human element of um, intuition that we can play into this as well. But if we're looking for that line that that one little like, how do how do I know? It's it's what do it's giving them choices and chances and the choices we want to give them are ones that they can tolerate that seem to be in their normal scope of behavior so for example if you know um, your kid has the ability to put on their own shoes can they put on their can they can they be responsible for dressing themselves and then that may be turns into well you know you get to decide what you're going to wear today and then that is empowerment right if you want your kid to, um, uh, let's say, you want to have a, you want to raise a more um, helpful child at home, well, then we can give them responsibilities for the home, uh, which is, you know, um, let's set the table, right? And then setting the table might turn into um, helping uh, put away the dishes, and that might turn into helping prep for for cooking, and then maybe that turns into cooking, and uh, then so then you know, it's these little microscope, uh, little micro doses of responsibility, and it grows as the child's abilities grow. So we're not going to give them any responsibilities that are outside of their capacity. Um, So, you know, you're not going to give a five year old 50 pounds to carry to the car, right? Maybe you give them, you know, a jug of milk and says like, hey, can you carry this to the car for me? Right? Like, you know, so it's, it's what are they perceived to be able to handle? And then, you know, what are, and then helping them build that because, you know, that's the other aspect is they're not going to, they're not going to develop the skill if we don't give them the practice, right? So if you want them to help become more helpful, like preparing a meal, then a three-year-old could totally help wipe the table with just a rag, regardless of how helpful it is. We want to give them the opportunity to be helpful. So then that skill set grows. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And 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 I see that as kind of like this step-by-step process. And for me, I think about it in everything that even as adults that we do, where it's like, you have to start at step one, right? People are always like, I want to climb Mount Everest. And I'm like, well, you, you might want to get some shoes first, you know? And so I, I think that's a, a really beautiful way to lay that out. As you were talking about this, you were talking about this idea about needs and, and helping children be prepared. One of the things that that I remember that I recall just being young is feeling like people did not understand my needs. They didn't understand what I wanted. I'm sure many children and many adults who are listening to this relate. How do you help figure out what kids' needs are in a way that's both practical for them, but also like, because as a kid, I was like, I need gummy bears. But that's not true,
1: right? So how do you
0: figure out what needs are?
1: Yeah, um, I remember that you actually like gummy bears too. Uh, (laughs) um, But so every kid has a need. There are human needs, right? This is the other thing. Humans are not vastly different from between when they're 5 or 35 or 55. There are milestones cognitively, emotionally, things like that. But we all have needs, right? Like we have basic needs, food, shelter, water, right? Those are needs. Those Those are needs without those. I cannot i cannot develop myself morally or you know it's it's just going to be i'm I'm setting the game against myself so we all have basic human needs but then we also have our you know our mammal needs right we belong to groups Um uh, we belong as 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 a as a mammal and as you know as an animal we um we need love and connection right every child needs love and connection They need to know that they matter. They need some form of significance in, you know, within their uh, within their world. Right. Um, Which is why a lot of kids want to be seen as being big. Like, hey, look at me. I tied my shoes. Aren't I a big boy? Right. It's like, you know, it's a you want them to be able to have like they need to feel the significance need as well. Um, But then also safety. Right. Like not just not just physical safety. This is this is another component, too. It's like you're ha- when a kid is growing up, they're literally looking at the world and being like, How do I contend with this? Right? How do I, how do I, how, wh- what are the rules of this game? Because you know, like, like the rules of Monopoly or any other board game or video game or whatever it is, there's intrinsic rules, whether it's out in a field playing tag, same thing with life, like, what is the structure that we can create for our kids so they understand. Uh, modes of behavior, they understand like, what are the rules? What are routines? What are consequences of behaving in this manner? By having safe by, by creating structure, we create safety and security for kids. Without that, they're left to just kind of explore into this unknown without boundaries being set. And then that doesn't feel very safe, because the caregiver is not setting those lines and boundaries, which then creates this like, well, you know, if you're just figuring this out, how am I supposed to, in a sense, right? It's like, we're all lost. Um, so structure, security, uh, same thing, love and connection, we all need it. We're, we're humans. We belong to social groups, right? Before it was, don't cast me out of the tribe, you know, I might get eaten or or starve. Uh, now it's like, you know, now, it, now it's Instagram, don't cast me out of the tribe, right? It's like, it's just shifted, essentially. Uh, but we still have that need for love and connection. But then we also have a need for um, growth, and we also have a need for uh, making choices and independence. So uh, I would say um, there again, we can break it into um, protection and preparation. Protection: We need our basic needs met. We need safety and security. You know, we need our love and connection to know that we are we we matter and that we have importance. And then we also need um, our independence, or you know, our, in a sense, our preparation which is i need to be able to make choices and i need to be able to have freedom to fail and i need to be able to to have that because that's what gives me my growth and that growth gives me accomplishment and sense of you know what i've you know what i i am living a life and i feel good right so so i would I, again i would frame it in those two two um, contexts is is
0: there a level in this in which the, the, this came to a thought as we're talking here Is there a level to this in which it makes sense to for lack of a better word like let go and allow children to explore to find out what this thing that they're contending with in life actually is
1: yes (laughs) a hundred percent i mean you definitely need uh kids to be able to go uh to have the freedom to explore and you need them to be able to um to be able to have feel consequences And if you think about the way that consequences are even structured just by nature, you have natural consequences, right? And this could be, I forgot my coat, I'm cold or wet. This could be, uh, I didn't prepare for a test, I failed, right? Like, okay, well, those are natural consequences. But then there's also enforced consequences, which are essentially designed to keep the child or the person from feeling the full brunt of a natural consequence, Right, so for example, if a um, if a kid does not uh, do their homework when they, you know, uh, by dinner time or whatever your, your household rules are, whatever it might be, or maybe they're playing video games before they did their homework or chores or whatever your rules are, um, then we could give them consequences because essentially we are del- we are teaching them ahead of time before the consequence becomes more detrimental which always in consequences always are increasing in detriment as we get older because we have more responsibility. But previous to me having a lot of responsibility or being responsible for other people, I need to know and understand why the consequences exist for those behaviors because if I go out and I am irresponsible for getting my work done and I just hang out on social media for four hours a day and I waste that time, well, then that means that I didn't complete my projects at my job, and that means that I didn't get promoted or I got fired, right? That is a much worse consequence than, like, I, f- I didn't do my homework. Yeah, but who really cares, right? So, like, the earlier that we teach this structure, it, the better our kids – the earlier – yeah, the earlier we teach the structure, the better our kids' chances of, of, of having independence be successful. So –
0: that that We'll be right back to this episode of the Think Unbroken podcast in just a moment, but I wanted to invite you to come and join the Think Unbroken Discord community. If you don't know about Discord, it's being built on Web3, which is a platform that we as the users get to own. So no more Instagram or Facebook or algorithms getting in the way of you seeing and, and being a part of content. In the Discord channel, we're going to grow this to hundreds of thousands of community members, hopefully over time, but today it's small, it's close, it's intimate, where you'll be able to get access to live coaching with me, where you'll have chat with the Unbroken Nation community, where you can talk about a range of topics, anywhere from thinking about habits and growth mindset, goals, trauma, recovery, dating, relationships, career, accountability, business, meditation feedback and more and so all you have to do is go to thinkunbroken.com slash discord that's thinkunbroken.com slash discord that's d-i-s-c-o-r-d to join the unbroken nation community so that that made me think of a quote from jordan peterson and look i know people don't like him he's polarizing but that's not the point um the point is the quote is don't bother children as they are skateboarding yeah and and that makes me think about these moments growing up. And I'm sure you relate to this of we're out here, we're trying things, we're screwing up, we're getting hurt, we're we're getting in trouble or, you know, whatever it is that we're doing. And without those experiences, I, I don't think I know there's no way I'd be where I am right now. And now some of that was just for just to be straight up because of lack of parental involvement my parents were busy doing drugs and god knows what else and so i was left to my own devices but that that actually kind of served me really well once i really understood the foundational consequences of those actions and had it not been for that the massive massive changes of my life that took place would not have happened because what i was looking at I was watching the world unravel and, and going, wait a second, I feel like if I continue down this path, then I'm gonna be screwed. And I assure you, my path was death or jail. There was no in between. And so I, I love this idea about letting children be able to have some sense of freedom to explore, to build resiliency. I mean, obviously I would hope that, especially the folks listening, like aren't like letting their children do the things that I did as a kid, but, but there is space for that exploration. You, you use that word structure multiple times here, and I, I am a proponent of structure. I teach it constantly to the Unbroken Nation through the Think Unbroken Academy. I'm always talking about building these frameworks because they matter so much. And I know with so many unequivocal number of single parents, especially single female parents in the world, um, we are less communal than we've ever been. Most people don't know their neighbors. The thing that I'm thinking about here is like, how do you create a family structure in a world that is almost without structure as a whole?
1: Um, It starts with you, first of all, and your values. If any, time I've ever asked parents and I've worked with thousands of kids, like pro- probably 10,000 kids plus at this point, over 20 plus years. And in that entire time, I have asked parents, what do you want for your kids? Um, th- I have only ever really heard, you know, 99.9% of the time, uh, I want my kid to be brave. I want my kid to be kind. I want my kid to be respectful all the things that we want for our kids are values and values that we hold sacred. If you want to create structure, then you first need to understand and put down what your values are. Because if you create your values, if you create your rules from your values and then you align your consequences to those rules and those consequences are seen as being a choice from that kid's perspective, they understand through practice that their res- their choices are their responsibility, and then they their consequences are therefore their actions, both positive and negative, right? And so, if you want your kid to, um, if you want to develop structure for your kid, first the the biggest thing I would say is understand what your values are, make those your rules, because that is what's going to create. A successful, happy child. Because if they know that being grateful, for example, is something that's important to you, and that's a value, well, then the next time you hear your kid go, well, it's not fair, I didn't want to have a purple one, or whatever the case may be, then you can remind them, hey, be grateful. And then, you know, then it it becomes this uh, practiced um, value. And from that value, then character is formed. So if you're having a hard time and you're like, how do I create these rules and structures? Well, then understand your values. And then also the other important part is to stick with them because we need consequence structures. A lot of parents, because either out of convenience or fear out of loss of love from their kid, uh, they don't want to hold consequences because what if that makes them upset and we're already kind of on a, I don't want to rock the boat or whatever. They will overall respect you even if, they are unhappy with the choices, which is actually another another thing is um, if you want to create more structure, knowing what the rules are and what the consequences are, it makes all consequences a choice. And then therefore, the kid stops looking at you as the arbiter for, of judgment, because you already, the, the rules of the game are already set up, right? Like if you want this to exist, and you don't want to have to fight your kid every, you know, 15 minutes over, you know, like, putting away their things, or, you know, like, you know, don't talk to you talk, you know, be respectful, or whatever your values are, then you don't have to have this constant tug of war all the time, right? Because if my rules and consequences are set up, then it's not left to me in an emotional state to then decide, you know what? No video games for the rest of year. I'm Christmas is canceled. Uh, you know what? Like, you know, these are not threat. These this these just become blackmail or threats as because we're upset, and then we're asking our kid to make responsible, you know, emotional decisions when we're in the same boat, right? So, and they have less experience. So, uh, yeah, know your rules, uh, know your know your consequences. Make them um uh, uh obvious and apparent to the kids. And then that way, all of their decisions are already pre-framed choices.
0: One of the things that, that again, I, I'm loving this conversation because I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to have kids, but if I do, like, I've got this step-by-step step here, right? Um, and I think about also the things that lacked in my childhood. And one of the things I feel like people may be hesitant of in listening to this conversation is this idea of consequences, because for many of us growing up, um, in abusive households and and coming from traumatic childhoods, which I'm sure many of the children, unfortunately, that you work with experience consequences is this terrifying word. Right. So, so what I'm what I'm curious about is how do you how do you create this? I'm going to go a little bit deeper here. Right. Um, maybe this is from an emotional standpoint, but how do you create this understanding of consequences become choice in. I want to use the word in a healthy way um, that is productive and that's not violent or traumatic. Like, like, what does that look like? One of the, one of the biggest arguments that I have with people in social media is about spanking. And it's not that we necessarily need to go that way, Kurt, but what I, what I want to move towards is like, how do you create that emotional safety around consequences for children that are nonviolent?
1: Yeah. Um. Well, the first thing comes from, you know, what is a consequence right like when we say consequences already there's an emotional like loaded you know oh bad right consequences are not punishments punishments you know are are different consequences are designed to teach you moral awareness to be able to install good decision making Punishments are, you know, to make you feel bad or sorry, or you know, like we don't give consequences to, you know, people who are in prison have experienced punishments essentially, right? You know, it's not that it's like, you know, what you're out now, right? It's like consequences are, you know, hey, you're learning. Consequences are also not all negative; there are positive consequences to things, and that's actually a thing that we don't. Uh, a consequence. Let's first define it. A consequence is the result of every choice. Right, like I uh, I set an alarm to be here with you today. As a result, I'm on time, right? That's a positive consequence. Like a consequence does not is not a negative loaded term. It's just one we've only really heard in a negative light, but there are positive consequences. You study for a test, you do better. That's a positive consequence, right? You, uh, you 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 um, decide that, you know, actually, I don't want to do my homework right now and I'm going to just go out and play. Well, now I have to spend two days in a high stress situation and I'm trying to get it all done and I feel really panicked, right? That's a negative consequence. So first it would be to frame the definition. What is a consequence? And if we can teach our kids that consequences are the result of our decisions or our actions or inactions, then it's easier to then um to for kids to have a a more empowerment in their decision making and that their lives are up to them right like you get to decide that's the beautiful thing and the scary thing because if you're not if you don't like where you are and you have to acknowledge, like look in the mirror and acknowledge i brought myself here that's really hard. So it might be beneficial for people to not want to accept that these consequences are my 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 uh, my decision. But then you have kids, um, you know. So so uh, I would first say um, one would be to understand there's positive and negative consequences, and understand the definition of consequences is uh, something that is a result of any of every of every action, right? Um, the second thing I would do is to uh frame um is, is for kids to understand with empathy and love that these consequences are for their benefit. Um and, and that would be equal to that, like consequences uh the reason why we're giving this consequence is because we want you to be able to make these decisions independently and safely as you get older. And then the other form is when you are giving consequences, what kind of consequences are you giving? Like you mentioned spanking for example, right? Uh like there should in my philosophy you should never you should only ever have the minimum amount of force necessary for any situation and when it comes to kids that should be like zero. But that's, you know. So, uh however, um when we are Uh, giving consequences to our kids, if we're able to pre-frame consequences and practical advice for anyone who's listening, three things. There are three main ways of giving out consequences uh, of loss of time, loss of privilege, or a break it, fix it policy. Those three things are going to make a big difference when you're trying to figure out how do I form consequences for my kid. If you frame it in those three buckets, there's not really a consequence outside of those three buckets that you can, you can, that I can think of, Uh, you know, like, Hey, I didn't do this thing. Well, now this is taken away, right? Oh, I did this thing. Well, now there's a responsibility added. Now you got to complete a chore. I broke the TV. All right, well, now you got to help me clean it up. And you're going to, you know, maybe work off a little of the debt, even though, you know, they're not going to be able to afford, you know, a $800 TV or whatever you got. Um, you know, maybe you're just uh, they, they have to help clean up and then their time is lost in the, you know, as a as a replacement. So um, it just depends on how you form consequences and how you teach your kid about consequences. Right. Is, is it are you trying to make your kids scared of you in order to not make that decision again? that's not healthy. That's not going to work. Right. Because they're going to get bigger and move away. Right. So, uh, but is it going to be like, actually the reason why is because I want you to make ethical, responsible decisions independently. That makes a difference. And it's, and kids will know, especially when you, when you give the, when you uh, are, are emotionally controlled when delivering them.
0: Yeah. And, and they are. And I, I think, unfortunately, one of the things people, adults, I will frame this in this way, that adults often do is they fail to realize that children are incredibly intelligent. You know, and I often go back to being in classrooms or being in my home and being and just constantly thinking to myself, this doesn't make sense. Why do we do things this way? Like I, I feel like you guys are just doing this wrong. And and honestly, as an adult, I look back on it, I go, Yeah, I was definitely right. And so in that one one of the things that I was always labeled as I'm the bad kid, I'm the jokester kid, I'm the difficult kid. And and the thing that I would love to t- talk about here is like, you know, dealing with difficult behaviors and kind of like that, that subtle, not so subtle correlation with like the ACE score.
1: Yeah. So, uh, okay. Um, can you frame the question again for me? Yeah. What, what I'd love to know, let's start at this first. Like, so we know about
0: ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, and you're welcome to dive into that, but more so like, how do you deal with the difficult behavior of children?
1: Okay. So the first thing when you're dealing with any difficult behavior for a child is to devoid the attachment of the problem to the child. The child is not the problem. The child has a problem, right? As soon as you attach the problem to the person, then all hope is lost, because you've identified that person as a thing. And therefore, you've stopped all reconciliation of for how that could be different, because they just are blank. Right. And that's one of the worst things that we can do to a kid is be like, you know what, you're just irresponsible. Well, thanks. Now that I know that I'm irresponsible. Now I don't have to worry about making responsible decisions. Mm -hmm. I've just shut that down for me entirely. Right. As, so you cannot attach the problem to the child. The child has a problem. That's the first thing that we need to understand. And from there, it, with empathy and love, we need to understand that all problems are solvable, right? We just need to define them in solvable terms. So that's the, that's the main... So detach the problem from the person and see the problem as solvable. The, if you can do that, then you're going to already be like 99% ahead of the game because most people get caught in the emotional nitty gritty, like, you know, I'm upset with you and I can't believe that this is happening. If you're dealing with a kid with a difficult behavior, uh, one of the things that we can do, again, is consequences. And I know that this is like a gong, (laughs) like it's just, just, but um, if you're dealing with difficult behavior, if you know what your rules and consequences are, you have something to constantly refer back to and then it becomes a lot easier to know what to do in the moment because when you're dealing with a difficult behavior, you are emotionally charged already because you have to be patient. You're the one that has to be in control and you have to be still loving and firm and you know, and it's not easy being a parent, right? So if you had consequences and rules, you don't need to figure out what you're gonna do in that emotional moment. That makes a big difference. So I cannot stress enough Doing this in a calm state is already going to be having rules and consequences are already going to set you up for success because then it's just emotional control and delivery, right? Um, and then when it comes to, uh, you you know, we talked about ACEs as well. Um, I think one of the things that we need to understand is um, uh, not all kids, like there are some behaviors that are more difficult to contend with than others, Right. Um, like if a kid is aggressive, how do you deal with an aggressive kid versus, you know, if a kid is lying often, right. And you're upset by it, or a kid is not being responsible and getting their work done or whatever, whatever your, whatever the issue is, problems and consequences go a long way. And then seeing that person and, and talking and communicating them with love and empathy, I, you know, tone makes a big difference tone, uh, or just the way that we communicate words are a very small percentage of when we're actually talking to people, right? Uh, body language plays a huge thing. Tone makes a big thing. I can talk to my dog without saying a syllable. And she knows exactly what I mean when I'm like, unhappy with her doing something, right? It's like, I, you know, there's, there's a lot into communication that is not just words. So controlling yourself when you are dealing with a kid that is being difficult is one of the superpowers. I mean, it's even what they teach you in like, with, it's even what they teach kids with bullying. You want to stop a, kid, a bullying from a bully from you know from 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 messing with you um take away their power by showing them they had none right but you know like your your reaction is is nothing you walk away leave right like these are those are actually like as soon as you show that i'm not i'm not bothered by this behavior then that that already is a huge power so emotional control is huge seeing children as or anyone as not being the problem, but having problems creates empathy and that can create space for solving a problem. And all problems are solvable. Um, from there, it just depends on the specific, uh, behavioral issue. But, um, yeah, is that, is that helpful? Yeah.
0: Well, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking about like the, the parents who are listening to this right now and they're like, I'm at my wits end, Kurt, I don't know what to do. Like, like I, I mean, I, I personally was such a, a violent and aggressive kid. I learned that behavior in my home. So let me be very clear about that first. I don't think that's innate for children. I think that's learned behavior. Um, but I also was a bad student, didn't care. Like, you go down the list of all of the things that are a part of that and and i know that because there's so many incredible parents right now who are breaking the generational trauma cycle but they're trying to navigate their experience growing up with trying to raise healthy and unwounded children but they're finding themselves like holy shit, i'm gonna freak out on this kid if something doesn't change what what advice would you give to them just for their own emotional well-being and trying to to navigate this
1: um, okay, I'm going to make I want to make it simple, because it's the only way that it's going to make a difference, right? If, if we get so, you know, if it's too complicated, it won't be executed. Um, okay. So during an emotional outburst, what are you going to do? Right? Like you are you're at you're upset, you're angry. The first thing to do is to control your own emotions. If you don't control your emotions, you cannot expect your kid to, because modeling makes a difference. So control yourself first. If you need to tell your kid, we're going to deal with this in just a minute, and then you need to walk out and, uh, you know, uh, yell, scream, uh, whatever it is, you need to you need to just take a moment and control your breathing, you need to do some exercise, whatever it is, that is a healthy outlet, especially if you want your kid to follow that example needs to come from you first. So, um, you know, it's the be the change you want to see, right? Uh, Control your own emotions. That's the first thing to do. The second thing to do, like I said uh, in the past, is to be stern and loving. You need to make sure that you ha- are holding your uh, kids to the expectations that you set. If you haven't set any expectations, well, then it's no wonder why there's a constant back and forth struggle because there's this, you know, well, what about today? Is today okay, right? You're, you're It's encouraging more testing of boundaries and limits. Um, and so... But then, when whatever expectations you have, make sure that you are you hold to those expectations and that you are always, um, when delivering a consequence or anything, that you do so in a stern but loving tone or manner. Because if you if they know that this is the way that it is and that you're not going to be flexible and you're going to hold them to the expectations and that it's with love then then you're then you're then you're building healthy relationships. So control your emotions, hold to your expectations and be loving. It's powerful and practical. Just like you said, it's simple,
0: right? And I I think I agree with you entirely. Simplicity is always the way to accomplish a goal. Kurt, um, this has been a phenomenal question conversation, my friend. Before I ask you my last question, can you tell everyone where they can find you?
1: Yeah, so we are Kong Academy, um, K-O-N-G, academy.org. And you can always check out our website. Um, And the thing that we're encouraging uh, people who are listening is to join our Thriving Kids Parenting. Uh, We have free modules and workbooks and worksheets because we want kids to grow up empowered and be set up for success. And part of that starts with parenting and to be able to help parents, set you know, making their jobs easier so their kids' lives are easier. So Uh, so I would, uh, recommend there's a link that we're going to share with you, I think for your listeners, um, specifically. So I would, I would look us up there.
0: Yeah. And we'll put the link in the show notes. Um, so when the episode releases, it will be there at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. Kurt, my last question for you, my friend, what does it mean to you to be unbroken?
1: Um, to me, okay. Unbroken would mean that, uh, that you stay true to your heart, right? Um, So, uh, because I think we're all born with an an individual spark, virtue, characteristics, and to stay true to that nature, uh, you you would come out unbroken.
0: Beautifully said, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for listening. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be unbroken. I'll see you. Thank you. Unbroken Nation, hope that you just got a tremendous amount of value from today's episode. I want to know what you think. Please do me a favor and review rate and share the episode with three friends on social media today. It would mean the world if you did because ultimately at the end of the day, creating community and connection is how we heal generational trauma in the world. And I need your help to do that on Broken Nation. So if you're on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you are, please like, We'll be right back, but I wanted to take a quick moment to tell you about the Think Unbroken six-week trauma healing coaching program. If you go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com, you can sign up for the six-week daily Think Unbroken Trauma Healing Coaching Program. In this program, we're going to go over the six principles of healing trauma, adaptation, understanding the impacts of trauma, how to become the hero of your own story, what to do next, and ultimately what it means to be unbroken. For more information about this six-week coaching program, which you can download as an app on your phone and take with you everywhere, no matter where you are in the world, it's interactive, it's built about giving you practical tools that you can use in real time. And if you're ready for what's next in your life, go to coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Again, that's coaching.thinkunbroken.com. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone.